Hello, folks. This is Brock Lurie at the Brock Lurie Podcast. And with me, as always, my uh, producer and good friend, Ari David. Always a pleasure. We have uh, quite a few things to talk about. One is um, this notion of uh, what's happening in the IRS scandal. Um, And, of course, the Benghazi situation. We now have... um, What's his name, Ari, the, the guy who's now heading up that uh, subcommittee? Trey uh, Gowdy. Trey Gowdy, right. He's great, and he's going to be a strong player. And what I like about him is he has a lot of background in this area. And uh, what is so amazing to me is how the Democrats are actually contemplating boycotting this particular investigation. Now, you're talking about the Benghazi investigation yes. of the IRS. Yeah, yeah, the IRS is a different story. That's <laughs> as, another, as if another Obama night- hasn't done enough. Right. <laughs> There's another nightmare there happening already. That's, that's the one with the contempt proceeding. <laughs> this is the one with the, anyway. <laughs> the dead the complete, Americans. The complete cover-up. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyway, uh, Gowdy is going to be great. He's got a lot of good experience. And, and he's, you know, he's a real tough guy. And he's not going to take BS for an answer. So this is, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, ultimately, I just simply want to, to get to the bottom of what happened. I think the bottom is very clear. I, there are two issues in the Benghazi situation, that, the second one of which I don't think most people know. The first one is, of course, you know, did, did the email and, 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 you know, was the administration engaging in an effort to massage the message, right, and to, uh, to try to fool people into believing that it was caused by video, this Benghazi, uh, the, the so-called riots and the incitement and such. Um, was, that, was that the situation? The second one that very few people are talking about, but it's still out there, is where the frig was Obama when this was all going down? Where, right? He was somewhere in the White House. Or was he? Who knows, right? This is a situation where Obama... Something really horrible is going down. He clearly had some sort of communication, and he either ignored it or he was busy, I put that in quotes, doing something else. And then it all happened, and then he's left with this cluster F, as it were, to deal with. And that's when they start getting into this whole busy work of how do we, how do we massage this? How do we... How do how we, we explain lie ourselves? about this? Yeah, how do we lie about that? I really, you know, that's the bottom line. How do we lie about it? Um, and, and figuring that he will convince most people to believe exactly how he portrays it. So Susan Rice goes on the Sunday shows, I think it was five Sunday shows, uh, laying out that mantra that it was, it was, uh, the, the video, the video, the video. And, uh, perhaps with the force of repetition, it becomes true. Well, you mean, I think more specifically counting on the fact that most people in the media will believe him, and then repeat what he says, convincing most other people who get their information from said media right. that this is the case. Right. Here, here is the, um, the problem, not the problem I have, the problem they have going forward. They have no idea how big this is going to be. We are now in a, you know, Tammy Bruce always said it so well. She said, we're always on the front lines of history, right, or the future, if you like. And we are creating the future as we go along, right? So we have no idea how, let's say, five years from now, people will look back on this time and say, this was something, this was something. Um, Take us, let's say, back to 1972. 
With Watergate. With Watergate. Somebody is bugging the, the whole situation, that the, the, the Watergate Hotel, and there's, you know, a little note somewhere in the news that there was this burglary that went on in the Watergate Hotel. And you and I can say, hey, that's something. And indeed, it, we now know that it was not only something, but it's something that brought down the White House and completely changed the dynamic of, of how we view, sadly, how we view Republicans. He really tarnished the name. But it also affected the whole 70s, and, and it influenced uh, why we voted for Jimmy Carter. And so many dramatic things happened as a result hey, of Watergate. don't blame me for that. So many dramatic things happened as a, as a, as a direct result of Watergate. It's an issue. Um, but are we seeing exactly the same thing in a more grandiose level when it comes to Benghazi? And I think the answer clearly is yes. Because you could, you could really, this is far worse than Watergate. I mean, isn't that obvious, right? I mean, you have, uh, in Watergate, it was a simple burglary. Nobody got hurt. It was simply to get information from what the Democrats were saying. It was basically a spying effort. Oh, it was simply an effort to convince. It was essentially an electioneering, a, a campaign subterfugal event. That's, that's all it was. Benghazi involves that and a lot of other stuff, up to and including the death of four Americans. Right. Now, this, this is, that's the difference. And it's such a huge difference. And for the Democrats and many of our fine liberals to claim that this is a phony scandal, uh, you know, phony in air courts, um, is really um, defying any sense of their own historical perspective. They, these are the same people who go into journalism because they're so inspired by Watergate, right? Um, that's nothing, folks. That ain't nothing compared to what we saw in Benghazi. Which kind of leads me to my next general, our overarching comment and something that I'd like to explore with you, Ari. And that is, how does one best speak to a liberal? Now, why do I bring this up? Do we have to? <laughs> um, well, it's funny that you say <laughs> that. That, that would be a good that's, the classic li- that's the classic line from our, um, Ann Coulter. She wrote right. a book, uh, How to Speak to a Liberal If You Must, right? Yes. So, so the if you must is what you just said. Look, uh, first of all, I want to give a little credit there. I, I, we, we received a lot of emails from podcasts and such, but there's one gentleman who wrote to us, and he said uh, he proposed this as a topic. And I thought, okay, great. You know what? This is, it really did sound good. So I, I do think that we have not really covered how to speak to a liberal the most effective way possible. How do we, if you were to, to try to convince a liberal of the wisdom of being conservative, how would you go about it? So, and, and I'm speaking rhetorically now. There are many different options, right? Some of which I'm going to say are clearly not acceptable. One is to simply show them facts and figures and to prove them wrong. No, that doesn't work. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to go through the list. Show them facts and figures and prove them wrong. B, uh, yell at them. Okay? It's a little better. <laughs> okay. Well, let me go through the list. You must control yourself, all right. <laughs> you go through the list. And uh, we, we have certain form and function here. So you start yelling at them, screaming at them. Uh, C, which I think is very similar to B, just, you start just beating the crap out of them. Ari <laughs> uh, likes that one the most. D, um, you, sim- you ask them questions. And E, just walk away. 
I suppose that's that's always a, an issue, an always a way to handle it. Uh, walk away and lead by example, or you know, hope that they'll understand you and appreciate you by example. All right, so let's take them apart because I've we can easily, I think we can t easily deal with them. The uh, the reasoning with them and dealing and showing them the facts and figures and such like that, you know, it doesn't work. We, we, you can try until your your face is blue to show them how wrong they are and how the facts all jive with your sense of history and what you know of history, and they will never come around. Unless you have a truly open-minded person. I, there is such a thing. But that wouldn't be a liberal, now would it? Good point. Well, look, I, I was... Yeah, you know, you're right. See? I, I was never a far lefty. I was always open. I was on the left side of the equation at one point, but I was certainly open, and I was was very happy to be corrected in my thinking. Like, wow, I guess I'm all turned around. Affirmative action really does hurt people, huh? Yeah, Barack, it does, and here's why. I mean, that, that's the kind of mind I have, and I think the mind that you have. But for most liberals, it's, um, it's, the, don't, it's the zombie thing, right? I mean... How are you going to reason with a zombie? Right? They, they want brains. <laughs> That's all they want. And you can, you can tell them, again, till the cows come home, that it doesn't make sense to kill all these people because, after all, you know, you want the infrastructure. You want uh, life to proceed nicely. It's really not a good idea to call the, kill all these people. You can use logic all you want, but it's never going to work. According to Dungeons & Dragons, the zombie has a brain function of zero, and the only things that work on it are corrosive acid and fire. Yes. So that's, that's perhaps right. the negotiation of should the be issue doesn't really work. <laughs> Maybe, or, or you're proposing that as a result, as a, uh, as a response. Look, um, zombies, um, it, this, is, this is the way. I, I, I know this is going to sound outrageous, but so many liberals actually think like zombies, whether they realize it or not. They find, they, you know, the difference is a zombie knows that he's a zombie, right? He knows that he wants brains and he wants, and, and by biting the arm of another person that he's going to create a zombie as well. He doesn't pretend that he's a highbrow intellectual. That's the difference. Liberals actually think like zombies and believe that they're brilliant at the same time while thinking the worst of everyone else. So logic doesn't work uh, because it's not convenient for them. It never is convenient. They are entrenched in it in the same way that say my brother loves the, the New, England, New England Patriots. You know, he, that's his team. And even if they have a terrible losing season for five years in a row, th that's going to be the team. Thank you very much. Th they are team-oriented people, the liberals. You and I are, you know, are truth-oriented people. That's all we care about, truth. So truth doesn't work with these people. I mean, to some extent, we, we talked about this before, um, ah, Mark, I think his name was the guy who suggested this. I don't know why it comes to mind all of a sudden. Uh, so Mark, if it's, it, you know, I, I apologize for not saying your last name, but it was a very good idea. And I'm so glad that you brought up the idea. Okay. Um, now the other way is again, to yell and scream at them that we talked about that. That doesn't work either because these same people who in fact themselves scream are constantly looking for violence and, uh, the vituperative behavior and, and yelling is from the top of, of your lungs so they can point to you and say, look at this crazy, well, crazy person, right? right? So uh, that you're just giving them the fodder that they're looking for, just like they are constantly looking for the conservative racist. You know, that's, you, you'll find it along with the unicorns and the leprechauns. But 
that's where you have to go. Yeah, well, that's fine. Uh, that was my, uh, the point I want to make about that is the reason that doesn't work is by definition, conservatives do not do that. Right. We, we, for one thing, we don't let politics upset us to that level. Well, because we're busy working. We're busy having a life, either right. we have with a job. our children, our job, our loved ones, right. having fun. We have careers, and yeah. we seek out purpose and with our churches and our synagogues. And When we get angry, we write a letter. That's right. <laughs> so he, um, here we go with the, the other things. We, we talked about, um, I think, the screaming part and the yelling, which is kind of the same. Then we talked about ignoring uh, the, the liberals, which doesn't help. You, you can't ignore them. You cannot ignore them. You must deal with them one way or the other, because if you don't deal with them one way or the other, they will, like zombies, take over the entire city and then the state and then the country. Okay? So maybe the title for this shall be uh, uh, Liberals Are Zombies or Zombie Land. Maybe the Zombie Land is probably a good one. Um, because that's, that's really what we're talking about. Sometimes I feel like we're in Zombie Land. I can't believe that a person with a human brain, with the, the ability to reason, um, can, can come to the conclusions that liberals come to. I can't, I can't grasp it. And especially having been one of these people before, I think to myself, hey, I, I became conservative out of logic and such. Why can't you? So I, I fault them even more. You know, it's not like... Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, a couple of my Christian friends, and God bless them, they, they just can't understand why I don't accept Jesus as the Savior, right? I understand why they feel that way, because they, it's, in, it's in the mother's milk. It's, it's part of their bring, being brought up that way. I totally understand that. But that's not what this is, right? Conservative or liberal. But for, the, for, for liberals, for sure, it is like a religion. Not and like it is. It is a religion. And I can't I can't get my mind around that. Why, why liberals can possibly do this to themselves? It's so confining. It's so, um, it, it, it so stults, stunts their growth. Don't you want to grow? Or, or do you just want to say the same thing over and over again? Uh, you know, as, as my brother and many liberals that I know, their common refrain all the time is, well, I just disagree. Well, I just disagree. No, I, that's not an acceptable answer to me. I want to know why you disagree. What are the facts? And better yet, what are the, what's the history to show that minimum wage is such a great thing? Since now that's in the news, right? Uh, that um, income inequality needs to be changed or the gender gap and all that stuff. Deal with, you know, help me here to understand that. And they just, they just say, I just disagree. That's not good enough. All right, so... The next thing that you can do is to lead by example, right? I think that was uh, choice F. Leading by example is very nice. It's a good thing. It, I think it converts maybe 5% of liberals out there. Um, liberals think by association, right? Because they go to college and they see these wonderful professors who, who espouse such wonderful ideas and they, they make cute quips about how silly those conservatives are and how they cling to their Guns and God, or gods and guns, right? Um, and that's a, a nice, cute phrase for them. And then they all chortle, oh, you know, in the French way that they do. And then they go off graduating, thinking <laughs> that they truly know how brilliant they, they themselves are, right? And how moronic those conservatives are. 
So you like that, Ari? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That so, was a good chortle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that, that's what they are. It's, yeah. This is this is the the complete arrogance of the left. Complete. And um, okay. So it's I, kind I, of it's kind of like an upper class twit made fun of by Monty Python, telling us how much they love Monty Python. Yes, that's right. They they are they are so superior. Or uh, you know what's that? Not our saying that they're the ones being mocked. But right. they just said it's so great. Right. Yes, just like uh, the famous Monty Python skit where all the uh, famous intellectuals of the they, they imagine them all playing soccer. All the famous intellectuals <laughs> of history are now going to play soccer, and they can't seem to get their feet on the ground at all, let alone walk very much. And they they're constantly rubbing their chins and looking to the sky, you know, thinking about what what is truth and what is good, and they they can never just kick the ball. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's, it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see, you know, uh, Karl Marx coming out. Oh, now Karl Marx is coming out in the field, and now things hopefully will really change. And you see him stretching and you know, back and forth, bending his knees, and like getting ready for to kick the ball. And then, then he just starts walking around just like the rest of them. <laughs> right. he goes, no, no, I guess not. I guess we're just the same as we were. <laughs> so, well, I love Monty Python. It, it does, in fact, make make a mockery of uh, all those highbrow intellectuals. Anyway, association is all, it's what it's all about, and that's where I'm getting to. We think that, that we can lead by example, um, and it never works. Unfortunately, it should work, but it never does work. So all those wonderful Christians out there, and I really mean it, wonderful, and I'm underlying the word wonderful, and I'm italicizing it, and I'm putting exclamation marks around it. Uh, they're truly wonderful. They live lives of great value. They encourage honesty and virtue and chastity to some extent, uh, a drug-free environment. They, they, they pursue purpose. And you know what? They're clean-cut. They're nice. They offer your hand to a little old lady across the street. They ask, uh, what can I do for you today? You would think this is a wonderful example, right? But no. The, these liberals look at such people and say, you know, what idiots. Look at these idiots. Because all they can think about is what they believe, not what they do. Okay? Not realizing that what they believe leads them to do what they do. Right? Uh, because the, the Bible commands it. And God bless them for it. So, uh, so leading by example doesn't work. Um, and the association game, we, we, we can't win the association game. I'm convinced that my, many of my liberal friends are liberal only because... They have gone to this or that professor who in turn was liberal and they want to be just like him and they forget what he said in, in all those great classes. But by golly, he was smart and he must have had his reasons. And if he were here today listening to you, Barack, well, he'd have a quick retort for you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know that's good enough. You know, you're now 45 years old, my friend. You know, you can't rely on that, that, uh, that poli sci professor that you loved so much that you, you, you know, you're, you're now older than he ever was when you were, when you were taking, being a student with him. You need to have your own mind. You need to have your own conclusions. What are they? Tell me. But again, so, so the association game doesn't work. The example game doesn't work. I, I think that there's only one thing that does work at the end of the day. And that is, instead of engaging them in a debate... I expose their ignorance to them directly. Example, 
Um, there are many, and you can do this, it's such a great example with uh, those, those nuts who are against Israel. And why do I bring Israel such a great example? Because Israel is the ultimate liberal fantasy. They want it to be the exact opposite of what it is. And so they decide that it is the exact opposite of what it is. They, they call it a racist state. They call it an apartheid state. They call it a greedy state, whatever. They, they claim that it does all sorts of horrible things. They should give up their land. Even some Jews, liberal Jews, uh, say this, or at least say they should give up all their land. But especially to those who don't know anything, I simply start off by saying, I'd love to debate you about this. I see that you're really hostile to, toward Israel. Why are you hostile? Oh, because they've done this, they've done that. I said, it's interesting. And then I say, I'd love to debate you about this. We can talk about this, but tell me something. How big is Israel? And then they say, uh, it doesn't matter. I, what does it matter? I said, don't you think it matters? I mean, if, it was, if, it's, if it's only the size of, let's say, Brentwood here in, Los, in West Los Angeles, and the rest, you know, it's, wouldn't you say that matters? Then it's slightly, it changes the equation a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's pretty big. And I said, well, tell me how big it is. And then uh, they don't know. And I offered them to tell me what they think it is in terms of the size. I give, them, give me a state or a couple of states that you think it's the same size as, more or less. It doesn't have to be exact. And they all come up with the same answer. Do you know what that answer is? Texas. They think that Israel is the size of Texas. Now, then I say, without correcting them, I say, okay, now, again, before we continue our debate, I'd like you to tell me what you think the sizes of the Arab countries that are, you know, hostile to Israel, that Israel is having issues with. You tell me how big you think that is. Again, you can use the states as, as a parameter, as, as, a, as a sample size. And they all say the same thing. Texas. So in their mind, you understand it's a Texas versus Texas situation. Then I go further and I say, tell me something. How, um, what's the population ratio between Israel's population and the, pop, the population of the, the Arab countries that are hostile to Israel? Is it one to one? Is it 1.1 to one? You, give me your estimate. And they all say the same thing. It's about one to one. And I said, okay. Great. And tell me, um, how many democracies are there in the Middle East? Real democracies. And they say, well, I guess four or five of them. And um, how many of the Arab countries would you say are, the, are those democracies? Oh, probably two or three of them are. Yeah. And then I say, okay, I'm ready to debate you, but would you like the answers to those questions? Because I, I see that you're guessing. We'd like the answers. And they, they, at this point, they understand that they, they, they don't know. I'm exposing their ignorance. And then I tell them, I say, look, Israel's the size of New Jersey. It's uh, the Arab enemies of Israel are the size of all the mainland United States and Alaska. Okay? It's almost a perfect ratio. And then they're shocked. And I said, and the ratio between the population of the Arabs versus the Israelis is... 400 to 1. Gotcha? Got it so far? They say, uh-huh. Okay. And now you want Israel to give land back to these same Arab countries. 
I begin to see a little bit of a difference here. And by the way, Israel is the only democracy among all the nations in the Middle East. That's it. So now I've exposed all this ignorance. And you can see, you can hear the, the wheel spinning in their brain. No, those aren't spinning. That's creaking. <laughs> that's right, creaking. It's a very difficult challenge for them. They just don't know how to... For, for, once they do that, once they understand, because, you know, they can't say, well, I disagree with those kind of facts. It's just nothing to disagree with. It's, right. You, you, you can look at them. You, you go to the map yourself, my friend. You do the measurements yourself. You compare New Jersey to, England, to Israel, and you'll see that they're more or less the same. And you can see, just it's a map. It's available to you on the, the, this thing called the Internet, right? You can check it out yourself. And likewise with the population, likewise with the democracy question. And now come back to me and tell me what you really think. And then I said, would you like to know more about the differences between Israel and the rest of the, of, not the rest of its uh, enemies, but rather the difference between Israel and its enemies. And then I explained how Israel is the only one that actually embraces minorities, that embraces women, that embraces gays, it embraces Arabs. And embraces Arabs, no less. I think that's an important little it's detail. It's very important, yeah. Small. It's, it's a small and critical detail. 20% of the population is, is Arab. And uh, that we have, uh, the Israelis have members of the Knesset and the judiciary uh, who are Arab, who are, you know, full citizens. And they don't want to be citizens of any other country. Thank you very much. They're doing quite well in Israel. They love being Israeli Arabs. And... Um, and then I compare it to the, the world that they should know about now. The, this, these are the, all the things that you hear about the news, about the beheadings and the, the stonings and the women being covered in burqas and such. That's real. But you're okay with that. But they should still give a land. No, no, let, let's, we'll talk about the land situation in a moment. You, you're okay with, you know, I just want you to know who you're dealing with first. And then we can be all antagonistic toward Israel as much as you like. Okay, but understand that Israel is the tolerant country. Israel is the one that embraces variety, diversity, and great values that we treasure here in America. And it's the Arabs who are the ones who are seeking to divide and do monstrous things to their people. And that's when the conversation begins. Now, that's just about Israel, right, and the Arab world. But this applies also in the context of just about anything else. So the other day, somebody called on my radio show on Sundays, which is on 8.70 a.m., Carol A., right, in Los Angeles. And he... he At uh, what time? 10 o'clock. Two. 10, to, 10 to 11. There you go. Thank you. Thanks for the reminder. And I think we have repeats now on Saturdays, but it's kind of Saturday evenings, either 8 to 9 or, or 10 to 11 in the evenings. But anyway... Let's, let's say, some, you know, somebody called in and, you know, I told you what I should have said because it would have, I have no doubt that he wouldn't know the answer. But he claimed, this is the guy, Martin, who claimed that slavery was the reason why capitalism has thrived in America. That but for slavery, uh, we wouldn't have all the goodies that we now have around us. And so capitalism is itself an inherently evil enterprise, which is, the argument is so stupid that I can't even believe that he argued it. But you, you, you need to bust through the assumptions because you don't know who you're really talking to. And when I say who you're really talking to, I mean, are you talking to somebody who has a brain or doesn't have a brain? And remember, when you're talking to a liberal, you're talking to a zombie. They have one mantra, 
And the mantra is crazy and it's illogical. But you can, you can bust through them. If you, you know, kind of all those movies where, they're, where they've been hypnotized, right? I'm not even talking about zombies now. I'm talking about all those movies where they've been hypnotized and suddenly if you say a certain buzz phrase or you maybe show them a picture of their, their little niece who always loved them, suddenly kind of brings back a memory and it re-triggers and then they say, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> it's a terrible thing. Or like that, like that Star Trek episode, one of my favorite ones where they go to a planet and they're all basically drugged as a result of this one plant that is numbing their brains, uh, but also sustaining their lives. And they basically have a comp compound where they're doing nothing in their lives. And Spock discovers, or Kirk discovers, that uh, by, sh by getting them angry, it snaps them out of it. And that's what they do. And you can see their, their brain suddenly changing as a result. So what is that pollen? What is the, sorry, what is the, the thing that snaps them out? And I think it's questions, exposing their, weak, their, their ignorance. Had I said to Martin, for example, the, the guy who's talked about the slavery thing, had I said to him very plainly, when did, when did the Civil War end, Martin? He wouldn't know. Because, and how do I know that he wouldn't know? Because everything he said wouldn't have made sense. Because we had the greatest growth in America after slavery, not during slavery. After so how do you, how do you riddle that, Batman, <laughs> right? So questions are very powerful, and, and they're embarrassing to yourself. But you can say it respectfully, and I encourage conservative friends to deal with liberals with questions and say it, you know, tell me, you know, when, let's, let's take an example, okay, minimum wage. Somebody says, somebody needs, to, we, we must have a, a living wage. And, uh, and that's the only way that this, this economy is going to survive, and it's the only way we can bring people out of poverty. And why you conservatives don't believe in this, uh, why you can't deal with that, well, I just don't get you. And I think you're a cruel son of a bitch if you don't believe what I believe. And the response to that is, that's interesting. Tell me, um, what, is the, what is a really good minimum wage? I assume that you've, you've researched this minimum wage that's ideal. And then they'll say, of course. Yeah. And then I'll say, well, how did you research that? Um, well, I saw on uh, MSNBC, ah. they were talking about it. And Rachel Maddow had the uh, councilwoman from um, Seattle who wants a $26 an hour minimum wage. Right. It's because, because that she said so. Yes. Okay. Did you do any uh, research yourself about... Uh, no, but they did. Right. We're role-playing here. Just right, right. No, I understand this. that. Yeah, you're role-playing. And then <laughs> I'll say... Um, I was just, you know, I was so convincing, I just scared myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But you see, but you see that's, not, that's cheating, right? What you're doing, I mean, what the liberal does is cheating because what they're saying is they're relying on other people who in turn have information. That's, that's just a total cop-out, right? It's a whole... Uh, it's Fox a is guarding the hen house... A cycle of logic. Right. I checked because they told me. Right. That's not. That's not checking. Yeah. Um, you know, if you really checking is checking unemployment numbers before a minimum wage law, after a minimum right. wage and law. And that's that's the question you should ask. Have you compared the the the, the unemployment figures before minimum wage versus after? after. And yeah. and and you can also define it by geographical area because some towns, for example, Santa Monica has uh, a very aggressive minimum wage, and other towns don't have. 
Uh, surely there must be some sort of comparison. And you can also, if you want, really want to do some homework, you can compare an area that has a minimum wage and what that level of employment versus unemployment is, right. and then check after they raised it at right. different uh, points of history and right. how it compared to right. uh, the rate of inflation. And or, if you really want to get into that out of analytics, which, of course, they don't do. And then you can ask him, um, okay, after all this discussion, you can say, listen, um, John, you know, Johnny Liberal, uh, John, uh, is there a minimum wage that you think is, is too high that would be destructive to business? And their answer is, of course, no, of course not. So, and, and, and if they say that, of course not, uh, the answer to that would be, well, would How you say... a million an hour? Well, that's right. Would you say a million an hour is too much? Well, Barack, that's ridiculous. That's not reality, uh, as, as somebody once said to me on the radio show. I said, well, we only understand things by understanding the extreme sometimes. So um, that's where you have to, to deal with. That's what we're left with, right? So uh, expl- you, you agree with me that a million dollars an hour is insane. That, that clearly will cripple just about any employer. Well, I'd actually... Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and he'll say, yes, that's true. Okay. And you're saying, however, it should, it should not be like one cent an hour. Yes, of course, that's absurd. So somewhere in between is a point that is too much. Is that fair to say, John? And then they'll have to say, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, clearly $999,999 is equally be- stupid as, as a million dollars is, right? How about 800000 how about 500000 And you go down the line. And then you finally say, how about 2000 an hour? How about 1000 You see where I'm going, Johnny, with this? And who decides that? And does it, is it different between different states? Is it different between different towns within different states? Who's deciding it? Does it does a bunch of, do a bunch of people get together and decide what, what is healthy for every particular business? By the way, Johnny, d- does... Do all businesses make the same amount of profit? Right? I mean, or do some businesses make a large amount of profit that could afford, let's say, $22 an hour, and others make very thin profits that can't afford? Can, can you acknowledge that that's a possibility? And all those questions start, because it, it reveals that he hasn't really thought it through. But as we say here on this show, you can never accuse a liberal of thinking things through. So that's, that's asking those questions are very powerful. And you say it respectfully. And, and when they start kind of waving their arms and saying, you know, this is all hogwash, you know, somebody's out there. I, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that my friend, uh, uh, the guy from MSNBC. Uh, Rachel Maddow. No, the, the guy, uh, the, the, the economist the, who won the uh, Pul- uh, Nobel Prize. Krugman, yeah, Paul Krugman. I'm sure that Paul Krugman has to say something about this. Well, yeah, he does, but he also doesn't have any backup for it. And you need to, to back it up yourself. You can't just, again... Say, Krugman told me, thus I believe. Yeah, I mean, is that the way? You're the same people, Mr. Liberal, that, that mock me or my, my Christian friends who say, oh, you, you know, because Jesus said so, and therefore you mock them. But, and by the way, they, they have plenty of good reason to believe what Jesus said, Right. You mock them, though, for not thinking things through, and then, but you do, the, you do far worse than that by not thinking things through when it comes to minimum wage or otherwise. And by the way, no Christian hearing what I just said now will be offended. That's what I love about Christians, that they understand the wisdom of thinking things through, and the beauty of Christianity 
uh, lets you think things through, and some of the brightest minds I know are Christian. And the, the other you, thing is that that's a, a religious question of faith, right. not a question of, if you will, dollars and cents and the realities of running a business or an economy. Yes, good point. But if you, but by contrast, if you were to say you're not thinking things through to that person on the minimum wage, for example, they would be insulted. Uh, they would they say you're insulting me. You're they'd basically scream and call you a heretic and an apostate. Right, that's right. You you're, we're doing fuzzy math, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I I'm just saying no. We're looking for any math from you. It's it's nice that you throw a number. But it's where is it coming from? Yeah. Other, most, other than out of your your so what you know, your derriere. Yeah. Where is it coming from? One of the most powerful moments of the Dennis Prager show is he had on Henry Waxman, the classic. Los oh, Angeles I know this liberal, one. Yeah, we've talked about this. And they were talking about the tax rate, and uh, Dennis kept asking, "Will you please just name what you think is a high enough tax rate?" Yeah, I'm not going to judge you. It can be anything. If it's 100 percent, it's 100 percent. Will you just say it? And Waxman would not, all politician that he is, would not give an answer. Well, I can't say. How could you not say? You've been in Congress 40 years. How many years of experience in Congress do you need before you're able to put forth both an opinion and a factual number of what you can say, what I think it should be in reality and what I think it should be philosophically? And those might be different, but just say a number. It's got to be between zero and 100%. What is it? Right. And he couldn't do that. And, and, and surely Waxman must have left that uh, show thinking, gosh, I should have said X. Um, um, no, no, actually, you know, he, he, I, I don't he, think he, he – see, he, the important thing wasn't for Dennis to convince Waxman. It was for Dennis to convince liberal listeners who were listening to him interact with Waxman. I know, but even a liberal listening to that would say that's just absurd. I mean, you have to have some sort of intellectual honesty about this. Um, and And – Waxman just, he has to so toe the party line, and he's such a liberal. He is so um, in the same as, as same playbook as Obama himself. Uh, Obama himself would not say that 100, would, would also say that 100% is probably okay. He, he doesn't want to even think about it. He's just, he just wants to inch toward there. That's where he's going. Look, um, here's another example, and maybe we should, after this example, we should maybe wrap it up, but let's say, um, take... I'll let you choose a topic, the classic topics that we, that we often talk about, uh, regulations and, and affirmative action and minimum wage. Give me a topic, and I'll, we'll play the, the question and answer game. Okay, foreign policy vis-a-vis um, the, uh, the uh, Muslim world and the, threats, uh, the, the nuclear threat from Iran. Okay, and the liberal, classic liberal position is we shouldn't do anything. It's not our business. We cause them to be the way they are. Right. If we would just stop acting in our own interests, they will learn to love us and, right. give a, and, and beat their weapons into plowshares. Right. And we propped up the former dictators that are now, you know, caused the whole unrest in the situation in the first place. And who are we to, to blame them when we are partly responsible for the mess that, we, that, that, that now exists over there? That's their mantra, right? And then you say to them, listen, um, who, um, who was there that, that would you would consider was, was a really great Arab leader in the olden days? Silence, right? Yeah, they won't so be able to... Like Nebuchadnezzar, no. Uh, Saladin, no. Yeah, who was, who was before... Uh, Xerxes. <laughs> uh, who was before um, the Shah? For example, Messiah. Uh, you know, oh. you know him. I'm, I'm asking you, the liberal. Don't forget, you're a zombie. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. The zombies will, won't know. 
uh, Churchill. Churchill was, right. you know, ruling Listen, by proxy. You know, how, how were the Iranians ruling themselves? Was it a nice democracy? Was it all pleasant before the Americans, the mean old Americans, installed their, their puppet Shah to advance their own interests? Of course not. They won't, they won't be able to answer the question. And this is where they end up falling short because, uh, and then you can say, well, is it your position, my friend? And I, I think I understand what you're saying. So you're saying we should never be dealing with people who are nefarious in nature. We shouldn't, you know, who has a, people who have blemishes and are somewhat dictatorial, we shouldn't be dealing with them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Perhaps. I, yes, I think so. That's right. Well, that's what you seem to be saying, my friend. Okay. Uh, but, but you understand that we, we allied ourselves with Stalin, one of the greatest murderers in history, to, to beat back Hitler. I mean, was, did you have a problem with that? And then they'll say, well, I, well, that's different. It was a different time. I'm sorry. Are you saying that, that human nature is different today than it was 60, 70 years ago? You see how, how easy this is to, to blow apart. You, but you expose their ignorance. That's the key thing to do. Always expose their ignorance. Either from a, that they don't know the facts on the ground when it comes to the history, or that you expose their ignorance in the sense that they, you don't, that they haven't thought the intellectual process. You expose that their logic and their, their intellectual process is flawed. Yeah, or lacking. I mean, just, it just, Non-existent. It just yeah. doesn't exist. And once you do that, you, you know, even though we, they may not agree with you right away, even they may be snappy with you, all you have to say is, look, I'm just asking you questions. You know, it's, it, I, I don't know if it's good enough for you simply to say that somebody else has the answer. I'd like you to have the answer. I mean, clearly you're not, you, you are a self-sustaining human unit, aren't you? You are somebody that thinks for himself, don't you? You, you don't want to just believe what somebody else told you, right? I mean, you have to ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? Surely you must have thought this through. I just want to hear how you thought this through. And they, they won't necessarily convert that moment, but that line will change them. No, it worked for me. It took three or four years, but it worked. Yeah, it, it's a slow you plant burn. plant the seed and just let it grow over the long yeah. term. The, the big mistake I think that we make is having these conversations and expecting them to within moments, realize the other ways and say, thank you, I'll never vote Democrat again. <laughs> right. You know, I'm asking for my money back for Planned Parenthood. Right, you right. Know, all yeah. that. It won't happen. But what you can, you're doing well if you hear them saying, you know, I guess I, I have to admit I didn't really think about that. I don't know if I agree with you, but that point I didn't necessarily think about. No. You, you're, you're on the way. Anyway, I, I think, so I think we summed it up in terms of that is how you speak to a liberal friends, my friends. If you really want them to understand wisdom and to understand how conservatism works, this is the way you do it. You ask them questions and you expose their ignorance because, my friends, within every liberal mind is such extraordinary ignorance. It is wildly impalpable. You, you just can't believe it. <laughs> This is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. There's no blood on my hands. I just do.